This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for joining us at the table today. In a couple of the previous episodes at the table, we've looked at some main course dishes and some desserts and sweets from the Indian subcontinent. For this episode, we'll look at some hot and cold drinks from the same region. We'll be looking at a few drinks that you might not know about and hopefully give you a little bit of history. Stay tuned and join me for a drink. Welcome back. In this episode, we're looking at drinks from the Indian subcontinent that you might not know about. I thought this would be a good topic to cover after I went out for a meal with some colleagues from work. So on this particular occasion, we went out to an Indian restaurant for a meal paid for by the company. Each team member ordered their favourite Indian food and drinks. They ordered alcohol or fizzy drinks. I personally ordered a spicy curry and for my drink, I ordered my usual, a glass of mango lassi. I see where you're going with this. I bet they didn't know what mango lassi is. Yeah, that's right. While making my order, they seemed intrigued by what I'd ordered. Once I finished placing my order, the guys asked me what I'd ordered. I told them it's like a milkshake and I suggested they all try it. They agreed and since they were interested, I asked the waiter to change the order from a glass of mango lassi to a jug of mango lassi. Once it arrived, they all tried some and they absolutely loved it. So we ordered another jug. I then told them how mango lassi is soothing and I believe the best remedy for spicy dishes. It coats and soothes the tongue. It works much better than water and definitely better than having a fizzy or alcoholic drink. Carbonated drinks just seem to intensify the chilies. Dims, what about you? Have you heard of or even tried it? Tried it? Are you kidding me? I love it. Especially mango lassi. Not only is mango my favourite fruit, 
but mixed with Lussie, it's a killer combo, and I can't get enough of it. How about you, Sol? Sounds like you know about it, but have you ever tried it? What kind of question is that? Of course I have, but due to my situation, I limit the intake. What do you mean? Well, let's just say it doesn't sit well. No worries, I understand. If the listeners aren't sure what Sol means, then why not go back and listen to What the Milk? A very informative episode. But back to this episode. The listeners are probably now thinking, what is Mango Lissy? So from Wiki, Lissy is a regional name for buttermilk, the traditional day-based drink, day meaning yoghurt, and this drink originates from northern India. Lussi is a blend of yoghurt, water, spices and sometimes fruit. So in short, it's a yoghurt-based drink from the northern regions of the Indian subcontinent and is a blend of yoghurt milk, ice, spices and fruits. I've personally only ever drank mango lussi, but it can be made with any other fruit like strawberry, lemon, banana, and you can even make it with rose water. You might be thinking, what is rose water? Well, we'll be discussing rose water later on in this episode. Don't worry, I know what rose water is. I'm sure some of our audience members are also aware, but for the ones that are not, I'll let you explain that one later. Back to Lussi for now. You can also get a namkeen version. Namkeen is a Hindi word to describe savoury or salty foods. Now that would make it tangy and not my kind of thing for a cold milkshake. The only time you need salty water is for gurgling when you have a sore throat in my opinion. There's also another flavour which I didn't even know about. Let's see if you guys can guess what it is. I don't know. Chocolate maybe? I'm not a fan of chocolate drinks. Maybe there is a chocolate lassie version, but I've not seen it. Or maybe the listeners have. Why not let us know? Try again, Dims. Um, uh, orange? Nope, that's not the one I found. Any idea, Sol? My guess would be watermelon, coconut, bubblegum. I'm not a fan of bubblegum, but that does sound interesting as a lassie. Again, one for the listeners. Have you ever heard of or tried bubblegum lussy? Let us know. I'm guessing you would use bubblegum ice cream to make that one. However, the one I found, drum roll please, is a cannabis infused version and it's called, wait for it, Bang Lussie. What a name. From what I found, it uses some form of liquid derivative of cannabis. I actually do want to give this one a try. Guys, what is your favourite lussie? And more importantly, did you even know there was such a thing as bang lussie? The only one I've ever tried is mango. It was really interesting about bang lussie. I never knew it even existed. Looks like you learn something new every day. So Dims, you must have known about this weed lussie thing. Hell no, I didn't even know that existed until Niz mentioned it just now. Is that even legal, Niz? Yeah, it is. Well, it's legal in India anyway. It's used for relaxing and spiritual experiences. There are even licensed bank shops. As expected from a backwards country. Wow, you've just upset one billion people. It's okay, I'm Indian anyway. Plus I think he's still high from all that bang lussy. Maybe he did know about it, but didn't want to let on. Well, let's get back on topic and we can all try and source some local Bangladeshi later. It's sold during the Indian festival of Holi. The weed is also used in pakoras. For those of you who don't know what pakoras are, 
Pakoras are a spiced fritter, usually made with potatoes, onions, ground flour batter, and, a, and the mixture is then deep fried. But getting back to lassi, you guys have only tried mango lassi. Well, I've had a sip of namkeen lassi. So that's the salty version, and it wasn't by choice, and I didn't like it. I bet that was sour. Did you upset the wife? <laughs> no, nothing like that. I had it at a restaurant, not at home. So we went out for a meal to a popular restaurant and ordered a jug of mango lassi, but they accidentally made me a namkeen one, meaning the salty one. After receiving the jug and pouring myself a glass, I had my first sip and it was sour. Now I wasn't sure if they'd made it wrong or whether I'd previously been drinking the wrong one. I'd only ever tried a sweet lassi and didn't even know there were different flavours. Now my wife's from Pakistan and I asked her what goes into a mango lassi but she didn't know. So I called the waiter as I wanted to go through the ingredients as I wasn't 100% sure. I used to make mango lassi at my father's takeaway but drew a complete blank while at the restaurant. So I politely asked the waiter and we went through the ingredients. Once he finished, I told him they'd given me the salty one. He then poured himself a bit and sipped it and after tasting it, he apologised for the mistake and took it away. He came back with a new jug and told us that they'd accidentally put salt in the sugar bowl. They were grateful we'd let them know as they would have been serving the wrong lassi all day. Are you sure it wasn't some other salty thing you had instead? Maybe it was banglassi, but they may have said it was salty so they didn't don't get in trouble. Well, were you high? No, no I wasn't. Are you sure about that? Make sure you stick to the facts. 100% sure, and actually here's a fun fact for you. Someone applied to get a version of Android to be named lassi back in 2013. Obviously it didn't happen, but that would have been cool, and maybe I wouldn't have had the chance to do this segment. The next Android version will be version 12. That will take it to the alphabet letter S. I think it should be named Sweet Rice. If you don't know what Sweet Rice is, check out our previous episode called Sweet Tooth, where we'll discuss Sweet Rice in detail. Stop with all this sweet talk, y'all making me hungry. Well, getting back to Lassi, there are loads of recipes online on how to make mango Lassi, but I'll give you a quick overview of what I used to do at my father's takeaway. The following should give you approximately three to four glasses of mango lassi. So the utensils you'll need are a blender, a mug, a spoon and a glass. And my daughter also prefers a straw. For the ingredients, you'll need canned mango pulp or two fresh mangoes, your choice. You'll also need plain yogurt, salt and milk. You can also add sugar and ice cubes. Okay, let's start. Take the blender and add one mug of plain date or yogurt. Then add one mug of canned mango pulp. Or you can also make a mango puree strained from fresh ripe mangoes. We used to use mango pulp in the takeaway, but at home we use fresh mangoes. I actually prefer the mango pulp. Then add half a mug of milk. Then add a pinch of salt. If you want to, you can also add a tablespoon of sugar or however you want to according to your taste. Then blend it all until it is a thick, smooth consistency. Once blended, pour into a glass. I love to add ice cubes at the end, but you can actually add this to the blending process as the cold temperature improves the flavour, in my opinion anyway. Don't worry, we'll put this up on the social platforms if you missed it. What do you guys think? And will you try to make it at home? Nah bro, can't cook, won't cook. 
Besides, I'd rather buy it than make it. It's not like I drink it every day anyway. Mango Lussi is an occasional drink for me. How about you, Sol? Why bother? When you can buy it from a local supermarket or a local takeaway for half the price. Okay, for those of you that do make Mango Lussi at home, what do you prefer? Mango pulp or ripe fresh mangoes? Let me know on LinkedIn. Find us under No Such Nonsense, the podcast. It'll be interesting to know because the only problem I have with fresh ripe mangoes is the strands from the fresh mango. I feel like chewing it rather than swallowing it. What about you, Dibs? Um, not sure about the swallowing, <laughs> but I prefer fresh mango all day long. What about you, Sol? Fresh kesser mango for me. Moving on then. We've looked at a cold drink for hot weather, but it does get very cold during winter in Kashmir, especially in the mountainous region. And they have a nice hot drink for special occasions during winter months. This is something I do like to drink. Unfortunately, I don't get enough of it. It's called pink tea or Kashmiri tea. It tastes absolutely great. This tea originates from Kashmir and is known locally as Noon Jai, which means salty tea. I thought Namgeen means salter. Yeah, it does. And so does Noon. There are so many dialects and languages on the Indian subcontinent. I personally speak Bihari, which is from the mountainous region of Kashmir. My wife speaks Urdu and we both speak some Punjabi too. Just to confuse you further, you also have namak and loom that also means salt. But back to the chai or tea, it does have a few names such as noon chai, shir chai, gulabi chai, gulabi meaning pink, and Kashmiri tea. You get the point. Too many names for the same tea. You're making me think of iced tea, the wrapper, with all this tea talk. Yeah, I just know it as pink tea or Kashmiri tea as it's commonly called around here. Well, there are different variations of the tea. This is because once it was exported out of Kashmir, it was adapted by restaurants to suit customers' palates in built-up cities where they add sugar to sweeten the taste. It's something I've had at special occasions, such as weddings, but would like to make it at home. It takes patience and time to make, and maybe this is why it's only made for special occasions and by restaurants. I personally like to add a little sugar to sweeten it, but what makes it better is topping it with crushed nuts like almonds or pistachios. Have any of you tried baked pink tea? To be honest, I love tea, but I'm not really a huge fan of pink tea. Don't get me wrong, I will drink it here and there. At times I do enjoy it, especially when they add the almonds and pistachios, but I can't see myself drinking it every day, like I do with regular tea. Well, I've tried it once, and I'm not a fan of it. I don't like the colour of the girly drink. Well, I love Kashmiri tea. I love the aroma and taste. The girly colour is the result of the gunpowder tea leaves reacting with the baking soda. So it's obvious where it originates from. It's all in the name, Kashmiri tea. But more specifically from the Kashmir Valley, according to Wiki that is. It's made with gunpowder tea, which is green tea leaves rolled into small balls. You also use milk and baking soda now on Wiki, it does say that pink tea is an essential part of Kashmiri breakfast and supper, and I can confirm that is true. When I've been to Kashmir, tea and biscuits are your staple breakfast, and the tea is salty, but it isn't pink. It's just your regular brown, and this is because they don't add soda. They do have other breakfast foods apart from biscuits, but not your regular Western cereals and toasts. 
we might have to discuss the different types of breakfasts in another episode possibly. What traditional breakfasts do you guys have from your heritage that you like? My background is very culturally mixed. Given that my mother was from Burma and my dad is from Kenya, but both my grandparents are originally from India, so it's all over the place. I've used to have Mamri and Barazi, also known as Mandizi, which is a Swahili dish. It's a deliciously, slightly sweet cardamom donut, and you eat it with coconut flavor gungan bees. I'm thinking of making an episode of this dish anyway. What about you, Dims? One traditional breakfast would be prata, which is like a really heavy version of roti. It's basically a form of chapati loaded with ghee, which makes it a really heavy breakfast. Most people would eat this on their own, and some people eat it with yogurt or just with their tea. And as I said, it's quite heavy. So even though it's an old-fashioned breakfast, I rarely eat it over here. But in places like Pakistan, it's okay, as it's a hot country and it's needed to deal with the hot day ahead, where you just certain buckets just standing there. Yes, you're right, Dims. Brata is a breakfast in Pakistan and it is very oily and very heavy. But it is suited to the climate and the people. They will end up burning all that off by lunchtime working on the farm and in the fields. I eat it here, but never as a breakfast. Maybe once or twice a month and I'll have it as my evening tea. Really bad, I know, having that just before bed. But I always feel the tea helps burn it off somehow. Or maybe I'm just kidding myself. But... I don't have it with pink tea, as I've never made pink tea at home. If anyone listening knows how to make pink tea at home, please let us know. I would love to give the recipe a try, and I promise to make a salty version and not the sweet one. No, sweet version. What are you doing, man? It's all about the sweet tea. Why would you want a salty one? Well, the salty version is the authentic version, and that's how it should really be made. I tried to look into the history of the tea to find its origins, but couldn't find anything specific. Wiki itself only talks about its use and the preparations, but not its origins. Looking more and more online, I found that tea isn't actually grown in the Kashmir region. The tea was actually imported along the famous Silk Road from Yarkand in Turkestan, now known as Xinjiang in China. The use of the soda and milk in the tea is what makes it Kashmiri tea. So how did it come about? Well, in the Lutka region in eastern Kashmir, soda crystals gather near hot springs and this was used to make gurgur jai. So this is another form of tea. Now, I've never tried gurgur jai, and it's the first time I've heard of gurgur jai. He loves that word, gurgur, doesn't he? <laughs> it's supposed <laughs> to be a local butter tea in the Ladka region. This was then picked up in the Kashmir Valley, and they adapted it to their own tastes by taking out the butter and replacing it with milk, resulting in the pink colour. I find that weird. As in, how can swapping yak butter for milk make the tea pink? But apparently... Taking out the fat causes a different chemical reaction. If there are any listeners out there who are more knowledgeable, why not let us know on our social channels? Also, reading a little more, it seems the tea goes hand in hand with Kashmiri bread. Kashmiri bread is similar to naan bread and bagels. I can't comment on the bread as I've always had the tea as an after meal drink on special occasions like weddings and dinner parties. Have you guys ever tried Kashmiri tea with any traditional Kashmiri bread or have you ever tried Kashmiri bread? No, sorry, I haven't. Not sure what type of bread it would be. As you're aware, I'm a picky eater. Well, like I said before, I have had pink tea and I do like it. I've not really tried Kashmiri bread before. Maybe you can make it for us one day, Chef Niz. Lol. Well, I can't make bread 
and as far as I can remember, I've only ever had one type of Kashmiri bread. Well, a puff pastry version of it. It's sweet and absolutely delicious. It's called Bakulhani. As I said, it's like a pastry and glazed with sugar on top. I'm able to buy this locally and I have it with my evening tea. I highly recommend you try it. I usually get the Regal or Kashmiri Bakery brand. You can even get it from Tesco's. And getting back to pink tea, as I've said, I do like mine sweetened, but after looking into its history, I think I'm going to give the authentic salty version a try. I think I might actually like it, and I also do suffer from low blood pressure, and I've been told I should try to add more salt to my diet, and this might be a really good option. Well, I'll tell you what, Niz, even though I'm the sweet tooth guy, but if it will help with your blood pressure, I would be willing to give the salty one a try, if Sol will join us. Nah, I'll pass. I'll let you guys try it without me. So boring, Sol. Yeah, who's boring now? But no worries. The next one is a sweet drink. The next drink is one that I don't love, but do like. And it's a type of cordial. It's called Ru'afsa, which translates to refresher of the soul. And it's made from rose water, which is made from rose petals. Now, Ru'afsa is a commercial name. On Wiki, it says it was founded in 1906 in Ghaziabad, British India by Naki Ali Shah. Apparently, it is still manufactured by the company founded by Naki Ali Shah and his sons, and the company is called Hamdad Laboratories. Hamdad Laboratories has separate companies in Pakistan, India and Bangladesh. This is because of independence from British rule and partition in 1947. The recipe is unpatented, so other companies can use the same formula to manufacture their own brand. It was originally formulated to help people stay cool during the hot summer months, counter heat stroke and prevent water loss on the Indian subcontinent. It's made from a selection of herbs and syrups, but the most famous ingredient, I think, is rose water. Ruavza is sweet, red and provides an energy boost. It's probably most famously associated with the month of Ramadan, as Muslims drink this a lot during the month of Ramadan as a way to hydrate and give them energy. That's right Niz, I mainly have it during Ramadan which is a holy month where Muslims cleanse their soul. So yeah, it therefore tastes refreshing to me and my soul, lol. Too many souls for my liking. You've already got one on this show. Don't worry, we'll get some soap and cleanse your soul too, soul. Who said my soul isn't clean? You can't see me. All right, Tupac. I think we should do a survey on how clean do you think soul's soul is. <laughs> Let's get back to Ruafsa. Now, Ruafsa is a syrup or cordial that is mixed with water or milk, but some people like rose water just by itself. Rose water is made by steeping rose petals in water and it's used as a perfume but also to flavour food. I've also looked into rose water and I found some interesting details about this on Wiki. Apparently, 90% of the world's rose water is produced in Iran in a ceremony called Gulab Giri, which translates to making rose water. This ceremony is where the roses are harvested for production. I think it would be interesting to attend the festival and see how the roses are harvested, but also taking in the aroma. It must be beautiful, but the aroma soon would be really nice. What do you guys think about going to Gulab Giri? Would you go? I was thinking of Gulab Jamun. That's from the first episode. We're way past the Indian sweets. I think Sol is hungry. Gulab Giri. Mmm, sounds good. Wouldn't mind going, but not sure how safe it is out there at the moment. Well, luckily, we don't have to go to Iran to buy it. We can just get it from our local store. 
I've personally had rose water and I've also had it as a milkshake. I admit that the milkshake is much tastier. There's not only a taste for rose water in the Middle East and South Asia, but also in America and Europe. Apparently, it's used in a traditional Yorkshire curd tart, which I must try. Looks like roses have a worldwide appeal. If you want to make your own rose water drink, you can buy rose water from any continental convenience store. You can then mix it with water or milk and the amount of syrup you add depends on your taste and preference. Also, I was able to find Ruabzat in the World Food section in Tesco. And if they do it, I'm sure Asda do it as well, especially those stores in Asian areas. I'm guessing both of you have tried this one. It's used a lot during Ramadan. Without a doubt, during Ramadan, this stuff is a staple and a must have in the Dim's household. How about you, Sol? Are you up on this rose syrup stuff? Of course I have. Not another unnecessary question. Obviously, people with diabetes will have to limit its intake, but during Ramadan, I don't see a limit in this stuff. The real reason why people can't stop one stuff is that if you try it with vanilla ice cream, like we do in my household, it's addictive. Maybe you should try it too. Nice suggestion. I'll definitely have to give that a try someday. I think the most interesting thing I found was that Ruafsa is not some ancient traditional recipe, but something more recent. It was made for medicinal purposes, but has evolved into this well-known and admired drink that all Asians love and use as part of their diet. Also, I did find an interesting story about the name. Apparently, it was derived from a character in the book Masnavi Gulzar e Nasim, written by Pandit Deya. I've never read it myself and haven't heard of it before. Apparently, Aru Afsa, according to the writer, was the daughter of the king of Firdos. And Firdos means heaven. So, daughter of the king of heaven. Also, did you know that Hamdad, the manufacturers of Ru Afsa, have brought out a carbonated version called Ru Afsa Go? I actually looked it up and it's available for sale on Amazon. I'm not personally going to try that one, but what about you guys? Will you try it? Nah, Ruvza to me, it's kind of like a milkshake. I know you can mix it with water, but you have to get the mix just right. Because if you put too much syrup in, it could be too sweet. For that reason, the carbonated version doesn't excite me that much. Not sure about you, Sol. Not into fizzy milkshakes. Only if it's like a fruit fizzy drink, like Rubicon Mango, we just had with our chicken meal, then I'll be up for it. Well, let's move on to another cordial drink that I've only had while visiting Pakistan. I know it as Nimbupani, which translates to lemon water. When in Pakistan, we use homegrown limes and the process of picking the lime, squeezing out the juice and making it, I think adds to the flavor. It's also known as Shikanji. It's a lemon lime based drink from the Northern region of the Indian subcontinent. Again, the main thing that sets this drink apart is the use of spices such as salt, ginger, saffron and cumin. People are possibly thinking of Robinson's or some other cordial drink that you mix with water, but the difference with this is the use of, of the spices. The ingredients for this drink are really simple. Lemon or lime, depending on your preference. Now my in-laws have a lime tree and we used to pick fresh lime and then squeeze out the juice with a wooden lemon squeezer. If you want to see what a wooden lemon squeezer looks like, just type into Google Indian style wooden lemon squeezer. You'll be pleasantly surprised. After you finish squeezing out the juice, you can then add spices of your choice and also sugar. You can add ice and drink it straight away, or you can put it in the refrigerator to have later. 
Well, I just Googled what you told me to Google. And to me, this is a family show, so no comment, lol. So I'm talking about the one that looks like a clamp. Yeah, I Googled it too. To me, it looks like a nutcracker and looks painful. Right, okay, getting back to the drink. You can experiment with different flavours of your choice and rose water is one that pops up. But why not try it with strawberry, pomegranate or some other berry? Of course, the original shikunji is a lemon or lime based though. This is a popular drink during the hot summer months and used as a refreshment when working in the fields. As with most foods from hot agricultural countries, you'll find their drinks are based on high energy and refreshing or cooling outcomes. Have you guys ever made or tried something like this? I've tried sugarcane water, which I think in Gujarati is called Hedli. It does taste nice. I will try it again later, especially when the weather is warm. Also tried Nero. That sounds interesting. What is it? It's like a local water in the Surat state of Gujarat in India. It comes from a date tree. I tried it once and I didn't like it because it was sour. I was advised if you drink it straight fresh, after it comes out of the tree, it tastes great. Once it's out and no additives are added, it could become alcoholic. What about you, Dims? Yeah, well, like Sol, I've tried sugarcane water several times. I really like it. I don't think you can get it over here, probably only in warm climates like Pakistan, which is where I tried it and fell in love with it. I've also tried coconut water, not the fake stuff, but from an actual coconut. And to be honest, I'm not a huge fan. Well, I've tried coconut water and it was nice. Yeah, I've tried coconut water and I like it too. Well, I'm not saying uh, that I hated it. It's all right, I'm just not a huge fan. It's not bad. But, uh, I mean, if I got a chance, I'll probably try it again at some point. I understand. Sometimes it's been sour for me too, but the majority of the time it's been sweet. I think it's an acquired taste. Yeah, maybe I've been lucky as well and it's been sweet. But back to Nimbu Pani, I've never had an elaborate one. I've always used lime, sugar, a pinch of salt and ice. I would love to try it with spices and herbs such as mint and maybe saffron. These days it's a popular drink among street merchants as it's easy to make and popular with the customers. While looking into Nimbupani and lemon juice, I recently went to a wedding where they had the standard drinks and juices when entering the venue. So they had the cordial orange and lemon juice, mango juice, guava juice, but they also had a cocktail bar where they were serving mocktails. Now I guess the mocktails are similar to shikunji. The bartenders were mixing the fruit with carbonated lemon juice. They had three different flavours, mango, strawberry lime and coconut mojito. They were also adding mint leaves to the drink as well. Have you guys tried any mocktails? No, I've not tried mocktails, but I have tried lemon juice before and I don't really like it as it always seems to mess up my throat. What about you Sol? Are you up on the mocktails? The wife makes a variety of them at home, also tried some from restaurants and takeaways. The mocktail at home consists of blended and chopped strawberries, lemonade, a lime cut and squeezed with a few mint leaves thrown in with ice. Sounds refreshing. May have to give those a try, Sol. So, today we've only looked at four drinks. Just to recap, mango lassi, pink tea, root afsa and nimbupani. But there are so many more from the Indian subcontinent that you could try that aren't available at takeaways or restaurants. I've only touched on the ones that I've tried, but with so much available and the options to adapt the drink to your tastes, the possibilities are endless. Also, there isn't just the Indian subcontinent. 
A drink I would really like to try is sake, and some other favourites of mine are ginger beer and dandelion tea. Hot or cold, there is so much to try in a variety of ways. Now I'm off to try some bang lussi. I've hyped it up enough, and I hope it meets all my expectations. Do you, the listeners, have any drinks that you can suggest? Why not let us know? I might even try warm sake, but it's an alcoholic drink. Is there a non-alcoholic version I could try? Let me know. I hope you'll join us at the table next week for another episode. Bye. 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 And bottoms up. Cheers. Cheers. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.